Hi, welcome back to Write in 10. This is the second episode, so thank you so much if you listened to the first one. And please take your time with these and try and do the assignments with each one. You'll get more out of it. You can, after we have more episodes, skip around, go to ones that benefit you the most, and then let it improve your writing. My name is Karen Alea. You can read more about me at the website, Write in 10, and that's 10 the number. Uh, while you're here, would love you to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, rate it with the little stars, whatever you'd like to do. And you can also find me on Instagram, go to write in 10, and then Twitter, where we put up lots of famous writer quotes to get you motivated, make you think a little deeper. I'm even on Pinterest. Oh, that's right. I can make a novel out of a mason jar. Not really, but you can find some of the blogs reprinted on there and LinkedIn. But that's just under my name, Karen Alea. Finally, there's an interactive group on Facebook. Just search out Write in 10 and then join in. You can introduce yourself. You can talk about your goals, your successes, or ask questions. It's open to anyone who's writing. As you might have heard, the name of the podcast is Write in 10, and that's because these episodes are going to be around 10 minutes. But also, the interactive part is that after you listen to this turn it off, and write for 10 minutes. This might be on an existing project. This might be on something new. It's really up to you. You can't really do this wrong. It's like yoga and meditation and all those things that are seen as a practice. There's no performance here. It's all just practice. This week, I'm going to talk about how to get rid of your family. I mean, uh, right with abandon. Same, same. Everyone struggles with this because it's in our human DNA to stay in groups, blend into the group, stay with the norms. So even if we think we are unique and we're not plagued by the people-pleasing gene, we can also actually try and write in that way, upkeeping an image we want to always be true. Amy Tan, who I fell in love with her writing, she inspired me to really take my writing more seriously. She's the author of many books, including The Joy Luck Club. And she's talked about how she pictures her family in with her as she sits down at a writing desk, and then she pictures escorting them out the room and closing the door. Hemingway had a saying to write drunk and edit sober. Both of these are examples that demonstrate that we as writers have two jobs, to let loose in our writing, not be concerned with the intrusive judgment of even ourselves, or even the imagined praise we think we're going to get as we write some fantastic sentence, 
And the other is to look at our work as an outsider when it's time for revision and editing and proofreading. Although many trained journalists write a sentence, then immediately revise it, much like Rick Bragg, who wrote All Over But the Shouting, does, most of us can write long swaths of work and then go back later to revise it. Here's some tricks that I've heard of or that I've tried that help keep the writer and our internal critic separate in our minds. One, divide these tasks by space. So write in one place, edit in another. Write in a coffee shop, edit at home. Write in your bedroom, edit in your closet. Write with your chair facing one way, spin it around and face the other way. If that's all the room you've got, it's more about that mental shift. Another one is to divide those two tasks with something physical. So there's been this story going around. I don't remember where it started and who does it, but it's called the editor hat story where you write with abandon and then when it's time to edit, you put on a physical baseball cap. You can even find online caps that say editor on it so that you feel like you've changed your persona from one to the other. Another way to protect your writing time so that you don't feel encumbered with those inner voices is to divide it with time. So this is the one that I would try first. This mostly works for everyone. You write whatever you're going to write, then let it, quote, bake in a drawer or in a Dropbox file and work on something new, then come back to it, and then you can do the editing and revising. The great advantage of the stereotypical writer's mind of being cluttered and absent-minded is that we easily forget large parts of what we wrote. So we can see it with new eyes when we go back. So besides those examples, how do you really get there with your writing? Get to feel unencumbered. For me... And for one of my former teachers, Alice Madison, who you can Google, she wrote a great article on it. It's about shutting your mouth. There's no need to tell others what you're writing before it's time. It's this delightful secret that no one has to see. Because once you tell someone, you're opening yourself to self-editing. And I do this with friends. If friends say, oh, I'm working on this, I'm like, oh, did you read this book about that or did you see this article? I get very involved and excited about what they're doing without realizing the impact this could have on their own process. Once you tell someone, Yes, you're opening yourself to that self-editing. One person might say how amazing it sounds, and you're elated at the moment, but then later you get stuck in your head of how to live up to what you said, or you don't allow yourself to change the whole plot because you've told someone what they can expect. Or my issue is if you tell someone and they pause even for a second, 
your mind gets to play with that hesitation in disturbing and non-productive ways. Write in a hidden way, just you. Let things flow out of you that surprise you. As Cheryl Strayed, who wrote the book Wild, wrote in a letter to a young writer, write like a mother, beep, because that's what you want to do. You want to totally feel like you're not being judged by anybody. Tell yourself you're going to write for 10 straight minutes without stopping. Longhand is best. Keep going even when your brain empties out and watch how another part of your brain seems to take over. You can take a character if you're writing fiction and ask them how they would describe themselves and picture yourself as that character speaking. You know, let that channel through you. Maybe you want to take the article you're about to write and free write. Yes, I dared to bring creative writing methods into journalism. Free write for 10 fast minutes on the topic and just let your mind exhaust itself of the obvious angles you can take until your mind goes hunting for ones you hadn't considered. And the most important thing is get rid of the thought that each word and each minute you spend on writing must be put into some final work. That is what will always keep your writing from reaching a potential that you already have. In fact, we have a special piece of advice from writer Mary Laura Philpott. Mary Laura Philpott's the author of I Miss You When I Blink, the nationally best-selling memoir and essays, and her writing has frequently appeared in the New York Times, Washington Post, the Paris Review Daily, O, the Oprah Magazine, Real Simple, and plenty of others. She sent this in just for our listeners. Hey, this is Mary Laura Philpott, author of I Miss You When I Blink. And I want to encourage you to think of your writing like playing with Legos. You know what I'm talking about, those little block toys that you can attach and detach and build things with. I used to have a tendency, and I still sometimes do, when I'm writing a piece to get hung up on perfecting each sentence and each paragraph as I'm drafting and worrying about whether every little bit belongs, which... You know, of course, you have to fret over every word once you get into editing and polishing, but when you're in early drafts, it's too early to get fussy about whether each sentence belongs and what if going off on this tangent takes away from the overall theme of the piece. If you want to add something to an essay or a story and you're waffling because you're not sure whether it belongs, just hit return a couple of times, write out that bit like its own little block, and then it's like a Lego that you can take out later or move around if you want. And as you proceed through the next draft and the next and the next, and you start paring down your piece to just what's essential and efficient to creating a cohesive arc, take out the bits you don't need and put them in some kind of holding tank document. And think of this like the basket where you throw all your kids' Legos at the end of the day. All that leftover prose will sit in that catch-all document like a jumble of unrelated blocks, but one day you might go sift through it and find several little blocks that actually kind of go together, and you can pull those Legos out and try sticking them together this way and that, and you can build something. So 
that's my advice. Don't be too precious about writing something you might not need or deleting something you no longer need. Save multiple drafts as you go and chuck those extra bits into a basket like Legos to play with later. That was awesome. Thank you so much for sending that in. And let's finish this off with reminding ourselves editing and ego and doubt are for another time. They're for another day. Right now, go hide in your house somewhere, close the proverbial blinds, and write for 10 minutes without stopping with the idea that later you're going to hand it to an editor, which, yeah, that's you. But for now, it's all about volume, both kinds of volume. The volume that's the measurement of the amount that you can get down and the volume where you can turn things up loudly because no one's nearby to stop you. I hope you got something helpful out of this episode. If you did, let me know on any of the social media platforms or come to the Facebook group and discuss what you've learned. Also, you can just put some comments at the writein10.com website. I'll see you next episode.